a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right, what's cracking, everybody? Good morning. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. Welcome to episode number 514 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, soon to be joined by my good friend, Eric Taylor of Barricade Cyber Solutions, uh, with the warm handoff on the hosting. But today, We've got a great show for you, whether it's myself or it's Eric Taylor over the next 45 minutes. Me, you, Matt McDaniel, Christopher Young, Justifer Rohr, Carrie, Evan Barnett, Q-Tip, the entire Yeet crew of Adam, Marcus Kyler, and all the others who love it. Kenneth Ruff coming in from across the pond. DJ Manny understanding those deep cuts on the 36 chambers. John Theodore and CatGPT. We're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And myself and Eric will be giving our expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So what what are you going to do with this information? Who cares? How do you apply it to drive cyber risk reduction for your business stakeholders? We got you covered. Also, if you're looking to break into the industry, holla, you are going to get massive value from this show because A, you're going to be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current? This is the answer. Second of all, you see all these wonderful people over here like Roberto Zavia, CatGPT, Nelson Yi, Chris Young, Gigi. The networking is mm, chef's kiss, top notch. If they gave Michelin stars for networking and community, you all would get a four star Michelin star. It would be in Zagat, all right? That's what's going on with this community. And third, and arguably equally important, you're going to get exposed to terminology, concepts, APTs, behaviors, workflows, threat actor, um, cyber kill chain, all, all the things, geopolitical, macro, micro, you're gonna get it all, all right? so. Sit down, get one of those lobster bibs and get, open your jaw, like unhinge it like a boa constrictor. And let's get ready to push a bunch of cyber information up into your grill. Now, before we get into all of that, which sounds horrifying, <laughs> um, let me give a shout out to the stream sponsor, starting with my good friend, Brandon Poole and the whole squad over at Barric um, Barricade Cyber. I looked at you, Eric, in the back room. The whole team here at Panopsi Security. Uh, get a partner who understands your cyber program and your business goals. Listen, everybody's got budget. Everybody's got tight resources. Um, a lot of businesses are doing a little bit of belt tightening, right? Looking in the cushions for some coins. So you can't just necessarily go YOLO and buy all the hardware and all the people you want. 
what you need to do is make strategic decisions on how you allocate those resources. But maybe you don't know how to do that. that. There's no shame in that, guys. There's no shame. But just pretending you know what's going on and blowing all your money, that's a long-term fail plan because you're going to get exposed eventually. So if you're not 100% sure or you just want a second opinion, sometimes you need an outside person to say the same thing you've been saying. I know this sounds ridiculous. Literally, sometimes you need someone from the outside to say exactly what you've been saying um, for the business to hear it and do something with it. So Panopsy Security, they can absolutely help you out. Um, give them a, a ring, panopsy.com, links in the description below. Also, I want to say anti-siphon training. They are here to disrupt the cyber training traditional industry. Uh, and how do they disrupt it? Let me explain. It's very simple. One, they offer it uh, training at ridiculously affordable rates. Two, their instructors are seasoned pros who know exactly what they're doing and they're awesome. And three, they do it all the time. So if you're needing some cyber training and um, you want to do it for $0 in some cases, go to the link in the description below training, go to uh, the, the drop down, as you can see on stream here, if you're visual right now, pay what you can training from the drop down. And here's a list of upcoming courses that you can take for $0. Again, want to shout out specifically the end of January, 2024 and the beginning of February, 2024. John Strand is doing two weeks. John Strand, the guy whose emote you're looking at right now in, in chat, John Strand, wonderful human being. He is doing back-to-back -back trainings for free if you want to get on that. So if you'd like to learn from what I would consider <laughs> an elder, not in age-wise, but in experience. Uh, giddy up on that. All right. We also got Worldwide Wednesday coming up in a hot minute and Barricade Cyber. More about them at the mid-roll. You'll hear the CISO series uh, ad read. And Eric himself will be here in person delivering the hot takes from a Barricade Cyber perspective. Uh, before we get into the uh, Worldwide Wednesday, let me just tell you, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, just like this one, just like episode 514, is worth half a CPE. What do you do with half a CPE? You can't even get a cup of coffee with a half a CPE. Yeah, but guess what you can do? You can stack them. Like it's like a deli sandwich and you're just slicing off half a CPE every iteration, right? You got that, you got a big rib roast for Christmas and then you get a slicer and you just slice and slices off on the 26, 27s. Those are half CPEs, right? When you stack them together, you get a big old hoagie, right? I know my metaphors are off the chain right now, but listen, half a CPE, say what's up in chat, take a screenshot, file it off. You're going to file your CPEs like once a year. So just count the number of files you have. Multiply it by 0.5 and submit that as your CPEs. You can literally get 10 a week, 30 a quarter, 120 a year. You can blow out your CPE requirements. So don't sleep on that. And by the way, getting CPEs typically sucks. All right. Sorry, Kennedy. But when you get certified, Kennedy, and you realize that you got to do CPEs, you're going to realize that you don't want to watch a webinar on like identity and access management and a zero trust architect. Like it, you're just going to get puke on buzzwords. So this right here, this is what's up. All right. I also want to remind everybody, I don't prepare for any of these stories. I I'm strongly suspect Eric has not prepared for any of these stories. So we are going to be given our rough, rugged, and raw opinions, right? We're going to be lo riding low on a hip on a train bound for glory. So giddy up on that. It's going to be all about good times today. I am super pumped, though, to be able to do Worldwide Wednesday. Um, if you are here live in chat, drop a hashtag team live in chat. Do love the, uh, the, the hashtag team live folks, 226 of you gorgeous people here today. 
If you're live, team live. If you're on replay, hashtag team replay. Um, definitely uh, loved by team replay people. Um, and if it's your first time, okay? If it's your first time in chat, what's up? Hashtag first timer. Let us see your first timers in chat. We got a special emote for you, first timer. A special sound effect for you. So don't sleep if you're a first timer. Get in here. Make the circle wider. We welcome everybody. This is a supportive, inclusive community. Giddy up on it and figure out what's cracking. All right. Now, guess what, guys? Long timers, you know exactly what's up. First timers, you're about to get your wig blown back. Um, <laughs> little gang star reference, Marcus Kyler. Get your wig blown back for the way you're looking at me. Okay, so check it out. We're about to go bananas up in Worldwide Wednesday, which is my favorite segment of the week. All right, guys, let me tell, let me tell you what's up here. Let me get this thing really quickly. Ooh, we got some first timers. Mike T., Big fluffy ZA. Love it, love it, love it. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. All right, guys, check it out. I got... Come on, where's my little graphic? Graphic. Ah, oh, there we go. All right, y'all, check it out. If you guys know about ACI Learning, you know how good they are. Worldwide Wednesday, the segment we're about to do is presented by IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learning, the international online learning training solution that professionals in audit, cyber, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Daniel Lowry, Sophie Goodwin, Kathy Chambers, the crew over there, they put out awesome content. Use my promo code SIMPLYCYBER30 and get an extra 30% off. Don't pay full price for that. No one got time for that. Yeet that full price out the window. 30% off your first month or first year. Listen, there's a lot of free content out on the internet, but if your time is is super valuable and you're looking for kind of a shortcut and an expedient way to get all the uh, content in a really, really well-produced way, right here. Simply Cyber, giddy up. Uh, Links in the description below. I also have a pinned comment somewhere. Yeah, you can see it on stream right now. There's a pinned comment at the top. So giddy up on that. If you've used ACI Learning, let you let us know your story. Um, all right. Thanks so much, ACI Learning. All right. Now, check it out. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you where you are. You're going to tell me. We're going to do it for two minutes, and I'm going to lose my mind as um, I get overwhelmed, which is pretty much standard issue. All right. So let's go. Set the clock. We're at two minutes. Simply Cyber Community, where are you at? Let's go. Catch me outside. How about that? Let's go. All right, we got Niagara. We're going to assume Niagara Falls is in the New York side, not the Canadian side. So we'll go USA on there. Poland's in the house. What's up, Senfless? Good to see you. Pueblo, Colorado. Oh, Niagara Falls is also on the Canadian side. We win. Kenneth Ruff in the UK. Australia. Thank you, Alex Goodwin. Hey, Flo Rida. What up, Big Texas? Chicago, Chi Town. Vegas, baby. Spain is in the house. Buenos dias, India. Love it. What's up, India? Can a university sponsor Dr. Ozier with a geo course? Ah, very cool. Hey, Silver Spring, Maryland. I used to live in Rockville. Japan's in the house. What up, Japan? Good to see you. Baltimore, Afghanistan, bringing on the Middle East. Boom, baby, boom. Hey, I'm, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm, I'm finding these countries pretty quick today. Hey, what's up, Wisconsin? Love you. Uh, for <laughs> love you four weeks a year. Uh, Marquette, love Marquette. What's up, Northern Virginia? I see you. Big New York, Big Apple. What's up, Bob Beach? 
Hey, CatGPT's in the litter box. Love it, love it, love it. We got India, we got Ethiopia. The sea of tranquility, Valentino's coming to us live from the moon. Gigi in the upstate, I believe. Oh, Chris Young, you're the best. South Africa, bring in the lower Africa online. KC in the house. Got Kansas City and the Patriots this weekend, Toasty Pops. You guys are going to crush us. All right, Texarkana's in the house. What up? Come on, where's our South America, y'all? Where's our South America? We got 277 people here today. I don't know what's cracking here. We got low numbers on Worldwide Wednesday. Come on now. Where are we at? Nebraska. What's up, Cornhusker? I see you. I see you. Anyone from South America? Where's our Colombia? Where's our Venezuela? I got to get Nadine on the horn. Get Guyana in the house. France, here we are. We got a freshie. We got a freshie here. France coming on. What's up, Left Coast San Diego? Good to see you. Love it. Thank you so much for the super chat, Chris. Steve Young. San Francisco. Come on, these are rookie numbers. We got to pump those numbers. BK in the house. Love it, love it, love it. I'm good, Mubarez. Just doing Worldwide Wednesday, my friend. All right, guys. That looks like that's going to do it. Wow. All right. So let's just uh, let's take a quick uh, inventory here. We got North America. We got Europe pretty strong. I'm going to give Asia, Middle East some uh, some exercise here. India, Japan is online. Afghanistan to our Middle East. Alex Goodwin bringing Australia on, who's been uh, pretty pretty rough the last couple uh, Worldwide Wednesdays. South Africa, Ethiopia, strong African contingent. And South America not showing up. I gotta. I just wanted to let you know that most of South America is in the Eastern time zone. So it's reasonable there right now. Uh, we could have used some Chile, some Argentina. Um, if you got a friend who lives in South America, DM them and let them know that on Wednesdays we're out here trying to do what's up. Um, Czech Republic. Ooh, I do like the Czech Republic. All right. I can't find Czech Republic right now, but that's okay. All right, guys. I want to thank all of you for playing along Worldwide Wednesday. It's my favorite segment of the week. And it's all about good times. But guess what, guys? We have fun. We play. Uh, we high five and everything. But it's we also have to work. It's time to work. So let me do this really quickly as we pivot. And I hope you guys had a great, a great experience getting kicked off today. Let's bring on my man, Eric Taylor. Hey, Eric, what's cracking, bro? What's going on? Thank you so much for holding down the fort while I was coming back from the, the growing town of Charleston, I tell you what. Oh, my God. Yeah, did you get stuck in traffic? Because that's what we're uh, known for now. That's one of our chief exports. Yeah, it seems like it, right? So, um, you know, I had a little family event that I had to go meet some doctors about. Uh, those who know me uh, that kind of know the situation. But uh, so really appreciate you doing the Worldwide Wednesday because, you know, I openly admit I suck at geography. So it's really, <laughs> <laughs> me trying to tackle Worldwide Wednesday, we'll be there for 10 minutes while I try to find one country. So, oh my um, God, I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I'm going to hand it off to Eric. Eric Taylor, thank you so much. I'll be uh, jumping in chat on my cell phone, but I will be chaperoning. I'll be going to the Gilead for a holiday performance with my eight year old. I love the opportunity uh, to dad it up. And uh, I, you know, I feel almost. Um, greedy or or over over lucky right now because i get to do the morning brief ish i get to chaperone today also so i'm getting to pick from both buckets my my cups are overflowing y'all so everything's all about good times today thank you so much eric thank you for having me it's my honor all right take it take it away take it easy everybody i'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m eastern time remember there's no 
all hands town hall meeting this afternoon at 4 p.m. It has been pushed to January 4th uh, because I'm chaperoning and doing dad stuff today. All right, everybody, be well, and I will see you in chat. All right. Thanks, everybody. Let me flip some of these knobs and uh, get things going here. So hopefully the chat will start showing up here. We'll get my screen showing up. There we go. Chat is showing up. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Let's start off with the top cybersecurity news. And remember, um, you know, we will do, Dr. Jared Osher does his uh, expert analysis. I do more of a technical analysis for everybody, but we'll kind of go through that and see what the top stories of the day are. For those who are listening, I know you want to hear it. There you go. There you go. So let's start off with the news, ladies and gentlemen. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. I'm Rich Straffolino. Cyber attack shuts down Ukrainian telco. Yesterday, Kiev Star, Ukraine's largest telco, disclosed a cyber attack. This saw customers experiencing network outages. While Kievstar characterized this as a large-scale technical failure and maintained it did not impact customer data. Sources say Ukraine's state cybersecurity agency began investigating the incident and that the decision to shut down services came in consultation with state security services. The outage also impacted services at Privat Bank, Ukraine's largest state-owned bank. The identity of the attacker remains unknown, but it's hard not to suspect some sort of Russian involvement given its ongoing invasion of Ukraine. All right. All right. So, yeah, you know, it's another day that ends in why we all know that there's a war over there. So, um, you know, is is it Russia? Chances are more than likely not that it is. Right. So anything that they can be able to do to disrupt, you know, it's it's a tactic 101. You're right. So you want to anytime you've got an engagement of a any sort of conflict, war or whatnot, you know, you're going to want to attack certain infrastructure. You want to attack the electrical, you want to attack supply chain, you want to attack financial and communications, right? So this is right in the playbook with anybody who's trying to, you know, have any sort of engagement going on with any sort of um, foreign power that you're trying to overtake, right? Um, I'm being told my audio is too quiet. All right, let me know, chat, please. Is that just an Alex issue or is my audio quiet? We need to zoom in the screen, share. It is tiny. Yeah, we're having a... I think I have to go back to this format. So that way we get... So a restream, for those who don't know, the, the format is definitely a little uh, weird, especially when we're trying to make sure that we have the 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 chat in the stream as well. So I will just do it this format. So, but anyway, um, you know, this is definitely, yeah, this is par for the course, right? So, you know, I do hate to see, you know, those who checked out my Sunday uh, publication that I did on our channel where we was talking about a cashless society and, you know, how ransomware can potentially impact. It. And this kind of really goes right along with that. And, it's it's just definitely interesting to see you know for you know for from the outside looking in again i feel that for those in ukraine 
you know, that may not have access to their financial resources to be able to provide for their family is really where it goes down to. I won't get too political, you know, in the conflict at all, because that's not the, the purpose of this show. But just know that this really goes to what I was speaking about Sunday, that, you know, what you know what is your disaster recovery if your telecom goes down if you can't access your bank you can't access cash um you know cryptocurrency like i said on sunday is not you know a wide enough adoption where you can go down to the local store and buy bread milk and you know your coffee on bitcoin ethereum usd uh whatever the case is so um and a lot of thankfully a lot of gas stations a lot of cvs drugstores things of that nature a lot of them still take cash but it seems like a lot of your home improvement stores and things of that nature are definitely going more and more cashless so it's really um it's a it's a very interesting so anyway all right i'm being told the audio is low for my voice and for the CISO series. Let me see if I can bear with me. Let me just do a quick, quick audio, quick audio. Let me turn off echo cancellation and noise suppression on my side. Mods and chat, let me know if that goes better as we get into the next story. We do want to try to keep on time to some degree. Former Uber CISO advocates for CISO protections. In the keynote address at Black Hat Europe, former Uber CISO Joe Sullivan shared details about the 2016 data breach overseen under his watch at the company. Outside of the details of that incident, Sullivan said he now gets approached by potential first-time CISOs asking if they should take on the risk. He recommends CISO applicants talk with the company's general counsel and CEO to understand their understanding of breach disclosures and create a personal incident response plan to consider how they would personally survive a data breach. G so, yeah, this is always a story that's been a little interesting to me, especially with Uber and some of the other CISOs that have been in the front lines of potential lawsuits we've seen it in stories even this year where the CISOs are getting formally charged in litigation sorry i'm just kind of paying attention to mod chat a little bit so it looks like we have mixed reviews on the audio we'll we'll try to keep going ladies and gentlemen i will turn up a couple of these knobs a little bit more there we go. All right, sounds good. Um, but yeah, the CISOs are the organizations are they're on the front line. If you don't know, CISOs even have their own insurance policy now, right? So if it's a, your own policy outside of your businesses. Um, errors and emissions and cybersecurity policies and things of that nature. CISO can have their own insurance policy now to protect them from litigation lawsuits just like this, where, you know, they start to really wonder, is it worth being a CISO? You know, should a business or should a person go through that, that risk, that personal struggle to, you know, take on that 
added stress of that role, right? So just know what you're kind of getting into when you're actually going down that role and what you're getting to be put into. So you know, it definitely bears it bears a moment of caution for CISOs to make sure that they are uh, getting in bed, quote unquote, getting in bed with a responsible organization that's going to have the CISOs back and be able to stand side by side with them, you know, through good and through bad times. It, you know, while CISOs do not last very long at an organization and they do switch from organization to organization pretty regularly, yeah. I think if businesses were more of a marriage concept where they are standing hand in hand, side by side, they got each other's back, you know, like would you, what you would traditionally do in a marriage type of scenario, then, you know, CISOs may last longer at an organization. So just my two cents, but yeah, that CISOs definitely have a, a lot of pressure on them. So. AO report on government AI usage. Like many private organizations, the U.S. government isn't being shy about jumping on the AI bandwagon. But a 2020 executive order requires agencies to release public annual inventories about current and planned AI deployments. The Government Accountability Office looked into how agencies meet these requirements. It found out of 23 agencies obligated to submit inventories, only 20 did, and of those, only five provided comprehensive information across all use cases. Overall, the GAO found agencies disclosed 888 use cases, with roughly half focused on science applications. NASA led all agencies with 375 AI use cases. The report also notes large inconsistencies with how agencies report these use cases to various government offices. All right, so I'm here. I'm being told that the CISO series is miraculously better. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It's not a Simply Cyber podcast without some sort of audio issues, right, ladies and gentlemen? So, I don't know how to really perceive this particular story. You know, I am behind the curve when it comes to a lot of the AI. Um, even even when we are going through like CIS controls version eight and a lot of the other frameworks, there's a lot of documentation that's starting to be introduced and highly recommended on, you know, knowing where your AI is, you know, what data is integrating with AI. So if there is, there's always this mindset, especially like when we come in, like, where's your data? Who, uh, who owns it, who controls it, who manages it, things of that nature, you know, having understanding of what third-party AI inventories are integrating and handling your data is definitely very cool. And being able to know, you know, especially for third-party breaches and things of that nature. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. You know, it's definitely a, a story that I'm going to take away to say, okay, I, I need to really read into this a little bit more to see what what's going on, and try to figure out exactly what the the story that they're trying to get to on this one. Jury rules Google holds App Store monopoly. In Epic Games' lawsuit against the search giant, a jury ruled that the Google Play Store and Google Billing Service form an illegal monopoly. In 2020, Epic Games sued both Apple and Google for their App Store policies. 
In 2021, Epic largely lost its legal battle with Apple. It's not clear what this will immediately mean for Google. The company says it does plan to appeal the ruling, saying it faces competition from Apple. Judge James Donato will decide any appropriate remedies. Notably, Epic did not seek monetary damages in the case, rather greater freedom on Android to spin up rival app stores and payment platforms. All right, I'm going to get on my daggone soap. All right, so we all have a love-hate relationship with Google, especially on my side of the fence. Um, I'm not sure how Dr. Gerald Osher feels about this as the opinions of myself and through you know my own life experiences, but I personally think that the Google ecosystem and the Google Play Store is a hot train express. You know, they want to overcharge, and Apple's the same way to a lot of degree. I don't know how the ratios play out between Google and the Apple Play or the Apple Play Store or Google Play Store and the Apple Store, but every sale that you make through their platform, they get a piece of that pie, right? So let's just say you're buying, you know you're buying the rights to, for your game to not have ads and that's $5. So Google will take, you know, a dollar of that five or $2 or whatever their ratio is uh, for that. So that's kind of how that works. The, the developer and the game owners do not get a hundred percent of that money. You know, it does go through the arbitration or it goes through and Google gets their, their little, their little taste of it, but just think back over the last three to six months, how many places or how many stories can you remember off the top of your head where malicious content is being spread out on the Google play store? It's quite a number of them. I would bet, you know, at least a dozen. How many times are you seeing that on the Apple store? Not a whole lot. I don't even think even one story comes to the top of my mind. And I'm not saying, you know, Apple is better than Google. They all have their pros and cons. I personally switched over to Apple not too long ago for at least the mobile technology aspect of things. Um, just because I wanted a little bit more Fisher Precious in my in my life, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I still go on site for that I will still use a an Android device for. A lot of my Wi-Fi tools, a lot of my pen testing, if I get brought in on that, uh, a lot of my forensic stuff um, will run on Python and other items like that that really work a lot better under an Android or Linux distro versus a Windows or Mac OS distro or OS. So there is there is a place for it, especially for efficiencies and the use case that you're doing. I'm just saying there there's a ton of problems with Google to the point that if you still have an Android device, I have to question you why. Why are you using that? Are you a tinkerer or are you just a glutton for punishment? It's just my personal question for you. And now a word from our sponsor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. 
When you're hit with ransomware, remember, recoverfromransomware.com. Barricade Cyber Solutions' experienced DFIR team is ready to help your business recover from ransomware now. You'll work directly with the CEO to resolve your case quickly and efficiently. Whether you're experiencing a ransomware attack or want to get ahead of one by discussing a prevention plan, contact Barricade Cyber Solutions at recoverfromransomware.com. That's right. That's right. For those who don't know, that is, I am the owner of Barricade Cyber Solutions and pleasure to be here with all of y'all. Hope y'all are enjoying the show. Uh, we are on time. That's kind of why I flew through a couple of the first stories there, ladies and gentlemen. I wanted to try to get to that 8.30 time frame as much as possible. So I kind of flew through a, a couple of them. Granted, the AI one, I didn't know a whole lot. But this is the time of the show where we want to say thank you for being here. We want you to know about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. For those who don't know, this is a place where you can meet other like-minded individuals on LinkedIn and be able to share stories and learn about other folks. In the chat, put in exclamation community. Uh, the mods and I put together a link there that will actually automatically take you to LinkedIn and automatically sort so that way you can see you know, the hashtag. When you're logged in, it'll actually show you the latest people who have posted on that one and you can be able to quickly find other like-minded people so do exclamation challenge there's a link there that will take you right to linkedin that way you can go in and do that so again exclamation challenge in the chat and you can be able to do it i'm seeing exclamation community did i get that wrong ladies and gentlemen mods I'm pretty sure it's challenge, correct? But anyway, um, we did see that Chelsea Ray Waterhouse did have the baton yesterday. But when I was looking at Chelsea Waterhouse is LinkedIn profile. And I've actually got it up here on my other screen here. It looks like her last post was from five days ago. So it looks like she may not have posted as of yesterday i'm going to drop this link over to mod so bear with me one second while i do that um jenny housley or any of the other mods can we confirm that the link that i just posted over there is the proper chelsea waterhouse that i am looking at so that way i know that you know we may have end up breaking the simply cyber community challenge if that's the case, then I will, toward the end of this, I will try to no nominate somebody to take on the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. So Jenny Housley confirms she could not find it either. So anyway, definitely drop that exclamation mark challenge into the chat and you sh uh, the hopefully uh, Dr. Jared Usher is definitely in the background, so it should the Nightbot should work. I think that's the way that works. It runs off of his workstation, I believe. Um, I don't know too much about that application, so. And I see the dolphins. <laughs> but anyway, we will try to stick around for a little bit of job jacking right after this one. So um, if y'all have questions, I know a lot of folks do. Uh, 
definitely stick around and we will try to answer some of those questions and have a little bit of jaw jacking with that and with that let's get on to the next stories ladies and gentlemen uh so i'm main told nightbox works off of webhooks very cool dj bsec thank you for that point of clarification sir oh looks like my favorite topic is coming up texas tiktok ban upheld U.S. District Judge Robert Pittman rejected a lawsuit seeking to block the state's ban of the popular video app on devices of state employees. The Knight First Amendment Institute at Columbia University filed the lawsuit back in July, saying the law would impede research that related to TikTok. The judge rejected the suit, calling the state's law a reasonable restriction and noting that faculty could access the app on personal devices. Texas is not alone in the ban. Over 30 states and many federal agencies have banned the app on government devices. All right. Let, let, me, let me get in real close with y'all. Let me have a little heart-to-heart -heart with everybody. Those who use TikTok, have you ever run that through your EDR solution and actually looked at the webhooks and everything that's being to uh, the telemetry on your device that is being sent off to TikTok. Have you done it? Taking your device and just tilting it a little bit, tilting it back, rotating, all these things is on effing TikTok. All that telemetry, all your gimbal rotations are being sent to TikTok. Why? Why? Near Bluetooth environments. Why is that being sent off? There is no reason at all in the God's green. Oh, y'all can't, y'all can't hear because I'm not sharing my. <laughs> There's no reason at all for any social media platform to have that information about your device at all. Zach, yes. I don't know about the recent versions, but as of six, eight months ago, it was collecting even gimbal rotations. Yeah, we used, I started pulling all the logs that it was sending off and it would send all that stuff. Uh, it would send off your, your, any of your, uh, again, Bluetooth uh, 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 networks. It would send off Wi-Fi. It, it would send off all kinds of stuff. And, you know, these things are just not a good application at all. So I don't know. This was before, just to give you a timeline, there was right before the ban, there was a movement to move TikTok data store or data storage to the U.S. So it wasn't going directly to China, but a lot of folks have already confirmed that the Chinese government still have access to all that data on the American server. So even though it's pointing to a new IP address, they still have all their access. So I'm not sure what good that freaking does anybody, but there you go. So if you're using TikTok, just be mindful of what's on, what you're sending. And, you know, a lot of folks don't care about that, right? They're just there to watch goofy people and all that stuff. You know, I've heard rumor that on some devices, so if you have a gel or no, Apple's jailbroken. So if you have a rooted Android device, it can mon there, there was some version, again, this is probably pure speculation, but again, third party, I, I don't know this from 
my own Intel gathering, but I heard rumored that TikTok was even able to watch your mouth, your eye movements to see if you were actually looking at the phone or not. If you're actively engaged on the content that was being displayed. Um, and I know Android has that capability. I think Ample does too, where, you know, if you're looking at your phone, it will stay lit. If it's, uh, if you're looking away for a certain amount of time, it will start to dim and then lock. So, uh, again, rumor, speculation, don't know how true it is, but always try to figure out, even with IOT, you know, these social media platforms need to find out because data is king to social media. So they're going to harvest any and all data and you are the new data. So just be mindful. NVIDIA walking a line with China. Sales of any kind of advanced chips to China remains a hot button issue with the U.S. government and chips for AI workloads in particular. As the largest AI chip maker, this puts NVIDIA into the government's focus. In a recent Reuters interview, U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo clarified that NVIDIA can, will, and should sell AI chips to China, but specified these for general commercial applications. Raimondo said any chips that would enable China to train frontier models would remain banned. Raimondo also said NVIDIA remains a productive partner with Commerce in complying with the policy and will not seek to produce chips that fall just under any cut-line hardware caps established by the administration. Oh, this was like another hot mess express, but I need to walk a line to not get too political on. But... I'm not sure why this particular post, sorry, I got sidetracked on here and I'll, I'll show you why ladies and gentlemen that are on the, the video stream. Sorry for those who are on audio, but there was this mention on TikTok. you know, we need these tools, blah, blah, blah. So I was kind of curious why the TikTok was actually being mentioned in the AI, um, the AI chips being sold to China. So that's why I got a little distracted. Apologies about that. But I'm I'm really torn. The in the U.S. we're supposed to have an open, free society, and I'm trying to be very careful. I don't get political here. So a business being able to do commerce and sell to organizations and people should be without you know restriction unless you're you know selling to you know a entity or foreign power that you know that is sanctioned by the u.s naturally there's there's some limitations you don't want to you know you don't want to sell a gun to someone who's about to rob you type of scenario so if there's concerns about you know selling ai chips to china then why are you allowing some? <laughs> I like it, Alpha Sierra. Don't worry, we'll get political in chat for you. I love you for it. Um, but uh, 
I don't know how to say all this without getting over political. Let's just say if you're afraid, if you're going to sell it to a geolocation, then what makes you think that person B is not going to get get the the item that you're selling to person A, right? We we seen in China. So let's take this thing back. All right. Let me put this in another term and another analogy for you. So in the InfoSec community, if an IT firm or a cybersecurity firm that is in China finds a zero-day vulnerability, they are required to report it to the, uh, the Chinese government. Um, and then they decide how to use that or if they want to use it or return it back to the IT firm or the InfoSec team or whatever the case is. The People's Republic of China has end all be all say on what is going on with zero day bugs and all these other vulnerabilities that are being discovered inside of the country of China. So why are you going to give a Snickers bar to a three-year-old if you're worried about the mom or dad going to steal that Snickers bar from the three-year-old. It's kind of the same scenario to me. So, anyway, that's about as far as I think I can safely get without getting overly political. You know, if you're worried about selling to one organization or, you know, whatever, then just don't do it to, at all. So, anyway. Oh, I'm hearing it. I, I'm not sure why I'm hearing that, but here we go. Ah, you got to patch it. Hey, I just got to patch it. Doesn't really apply to the story, but I'm seeing it in the chat, so I figure I'll sound it. Crypto thefts likely to decline in 2023. Last year, threat actors stole roughly $4 billion worth of cryptocurrency. That's likely to drop significantly this year, estimated at around $1.7 billion, at least so far, according to the financial crime analyst at TRM Labs. These losses remain largely centered on large-scale attacks. Roughly 70% of all stolen funds in 2023 came from the 10 biggest attacks. That largely tracks with last year. It's just that the attacks against things like the Ronin Bridge and other high-profile targets netted much larger losses. Overall, analysts estimate infrastructure attacks accounted for 60% of losses in 2023. So, yeah, unfortunately, stupid paywall. Um... I actually saw there was something on our threat feed that I didn't dive into it very much, but um, I'll have to find it and post it. And if you're in part, do exclamation discord. I will post it in the generals. I could have swore I saw an exploit. Maybe it was here. And this may be what they're referring to. Again, if you if you're new to the the podcast, while I deal with cryptocurrency a lot for the organization, I don't know a whole heap and you know i'm not really granular on it but i did see you know where the bitcoin core was had some vulnerabilities and they were talking about 
the Bitcoin not having this thing fixed until the end of Q1 or Q2 of next year. Uh, with version 7, I believe. And I don't know too much about this, right? So... And this may be what the story is coming from. I don't know if this is... We have been seeing a lot of cases come in over the past couple months where people are being fished out of their uh their their wallets because folks are doing bitcoin and others as part of their investment portfolio so it could be that it could be part of the cve again the i don't fully know because of the darn paywall and i was going through trying to find another story about this before i came on to see if i could find another story that actually gave a little bit more information that we can digest but again do uh exclamation discord get over there in the general's chat i i will dig up the the notes about the cve and they could be related to that uh reported notable decline in losses so i'm just trying to digest this real quick Seventy percent of the stolen funds. So I think it is, uh, you know, through investment fraud, kind of like what I was mentioning before, where people are getting scammed out of their their cryptocurrency for investment purposes. So one thing we've seen, I again this, I will refer to someone who's more smarter in cryptocurrency than what I am, but. What, two of the cases we have recently are they actually have where they sent off you know $500,000 in Bitcoin legitimately and somehow or another they were able to send a Bitcoin transaction back to you but it was an incomplete transaction it made it look like you were receiving 1.2 million dollars but it never completed you never really seen the money um and it was very very strange and i don't know how you can send a transaction that's not a full transaction so anyway be careful uh discussing info about cryptocurrency is like likely to give you heartburn it's likely to give you more than heartburn probably out the other side as well the cryptocurrency is definitely um it's an interesting topic there's a lot of there's a lot of theft going on in there like i said we're being brought into cases you know where we're doing the uh the financial auditing of that and then handing it over to council for their their analysis further analysis but just because you know while i get it from a thirty thousand foot view you know i understand the gas fees and i understand blockchain there, there's a lot of this stuff that i just don't understand so again 
I know I'm one of those guys when it comes to crypto, I'm I'm good enough to be dangerous, right? So FBI guidance on SEC disclosures. The U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigations issued clarifications on when companies may delay notifying the Securities and Exchange Commission of material cybersecurity breaches. It stated that the Justice Department may issue a 30-day delay for notifications due to things like national security or public safety reasons. In extraordinary situations, this can be pushed out further, but any delay over 120 days must come from an order from the SEC directly. The FBI will receive and process delay requests on behalf of the Justice Department. Companies must still disclose these breaches to the FBI or CISA directly, and delays in reporting material breaches to the agency will cause automatic denial of delay requests. Remember, we're going to be holding... Yeah, that's actually right. Before the... Check out what Jenny Howley said, CoffeeZilla for some crypto scams. That's definitely a, a good feed there. Um, so... The SEC, to me, and I know Dr. Gerald Osher is not going to be in a, a total agreement on this one, but they can just take a long walk off a short pier. They, they really can. They've gotten so... I was actually talking to one of our breach councils yesterday, and the SEC is actually going and searching the dark web to find companies who are not disclosing to them to go after you and your organization. So it's, I think the federal government has a lot other th more important things to do than to do this. I mean, I know if, if you're, I kind of understand the SEC to a degree, you know, if you are playing in that arena um, and have to adhere, then you should comply. Yes, there are certain measures are that you could be able to do when going through a cybersecurity incident to prolong the notification requirements to the SEC. Please understand, not any just because you own a business in the in the in America does not require you to report to the SEC. Um, nor are you under SEC requirements, guidelines, or anything like that. You know, so mm. I'll let chat get political. <laughs> you know, it's. I really can go down a massive tyrant on this, but I do think the SEC is a little, I think they're getting a little overbearing on some of their actions lately. So anyway, we'll leave it at that, ladies and gentlemen. I think this is the last story. Our last Super Cyber Friday discussion of 2023 this week. It's at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, and we're going to be digging into hacking the SaaS security journey, talking about establishing a discover, control, protect framework, establishing an end goal, and finding misconfigurations along the way. Check out the promo video we just posted for it over at CISOseries.com, and then you can click on our events page to register to join in on all the fun. Yep, there you go. So anyway, if you're interested in that, then you can be able to tune into them. 
Um, hey, look at there. We're done right before nine o'clock. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so in the mod chat, Justin Gold mentioned, not sure how you could do partial or et cetera transactions with BTC, uh, BTC, Bitcoin. To my understanding, everything is just held until it gets verified in a blockchain via mining. Now, yep. So again, just that's kind of where some of my lack of knowledge and understanding is as well. But we'll kind of do that. For, uh, those who are just tuning in for the news, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you've got enjoyment from my technical analysis of some of these uh, top cybersecurity news. Sorry for a little bit of the soapboxing a little bit, but you know we definitely try to be informative as much as possible. If you're just here for that, please enjoy the rest of your day. Please, on your way out, please give this thing a thumbs up. Please share this content with somebody you feel will be a bit that will benefit from the content today. If you're here for the jaw jacking, uh, stand by. We will switch over to jaw jacking and. We will have a little after show party here. All right, see you on the flip side of this. Take care all. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Thankfully the jaw jacking there is in the stream deck so I could be able to uh, work on that. Thank you all for uh, the kind words. I greatly appreciate it. Um, so we are here for jaw jacking. If you have any questions, please put Q colon and then your question, and we will. Uh, I will do my best to uh, spend a few minutes and answer these type of things. He's going to get defunded. I don't know about that one. Um, I don't think there is a alpha seer. I don't know if there was enough of that clip to get defunded on that one uh carrie calm down you don't need to hit the the smash uh the like button thumbs up that many times because it just cancels out each other back and forth right so uh just hit it once i love the enthusiasm though buddy let's see uh in I, we have a volume oh thank you jenny hasley rich palmer are you still in the chat by chance Rick, paging Rich Palmer, Earth to Witch Palmer. While we're waiting on that, uh, Rich Palmer, if you are here in the chat, please say you're here, and we will nominate you for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. We do have a question, Eric Taylor. I I like working with people. Wondering if uh, let me. It's true that cybersecurity is a solitary profession. Um, yes and no. I'm trying to figure out the best way to answer that one, Mr. Reeds. So... It is kind of a solitary. We are kind of what what I would say is an echo chamber, if it if it if you will. So while a lot of IT people 
don't get us uh, cybersecurity folks. A lot of cybersecurity folks was in IT. So sometimes it, if we can jive together, we, we have a lot of our clients who are, you know, what's called IR retainer, uh, incident response retainer. And um, in the MSP space, they're called co-managed where they have their own internal IT team. And I think we get along great, to be honest with you. So I don't think it's very solitary by any means. So, but I can see that where you're kind of, if you think back in high school, best way I can describe it to the most, uh, most effectively is you had your quote unquote clicks, you had your preps, you had your jocks, you had your country boys and you know, you had all these little clicks and little groups and stuff like that. And while most of them stayed in their little group and in their little click, you always had that one or two people that would, you know, the the jocks would go hang out with a uh, couple of the preps or whatever, kind of like that. Um, and I think it's the same thing with info security, where a lot of people are, were just in our little we're eco chamber, we're in our little circle. But some of us do venture out. We do talk to other groups and things of that nature. So. I think it really depends on the organization, you know, how much public and client exposure you have, things of that nature. So I do see it, right? So um, next question. Thank you so much, Jenny Hasley, for sticking around and posting them into the mod chat for me. Uh, coming from Upgrading Jeff, question. Where can you gain unpaid GRC experience? Upgrading Jeff, I would say hold your question for tomorrow. I'm not a GRC analyst. I don't really talk to a whole lot of GRC folks. I know Dr. Gerald Osher is massive GRC. Uh, he is much better person to ask that question. Maybe even folks inside of chat may have already uh, you know, answered some of that. For you, but I am not the person to ask for that. Uh, question from our buddy Carrie. I was told that that Bash was wonderful to learn. How can I get more experience with it? I have some skills with Linux. To be honest with you, Carrie, I I am a PowerShell dude. Um, like I even saw PowerShell on Linux. Because it's that one single language that I can work on any OS and be able to do anything that I need to get done. So, um, I'm not a huge Bash guy. Um, C+, all that stuff, I, I'm not. I'm, this is not my forte. So, uh, I really love that PowerShell is multiple platformed because I just have one language to know. And I can install it on any OS and get done what I want to do, right? And it's it's universal. So invoke web request works on the same on Windows, Linux, Mac, whatever. It's the same commandlet, and I can run it on any OS that I need to do. So um, I don't have to have the nuances for binaries and all this other stuff. So PowerShell just makes it really, really easy for me to be efficient in one language. So um, maybe that that's a tip for you. Maybe learn PowerShell because it is that multi-layered or multi-faceted uh, OS platform. So, um, chat may know, because I'm not into mobile forensics that much, but I've heard rumor that 
you may be able to start running some versions of PowerShell in Android devices. Again, I don't know. I've heard rumor, but anyway. Uh, question from Jared Wright. For someone trying to break into the industry, what are some good projects to work on? I have Security Plus and uh, Secret Clearance, but need to get hands-on skills. Love the information today. Thank you so much, Jared Wright. Um, you have Security Plus and you have Secret Clearance. You know what, dude? You, go look up Red Canary. I know they were recently looking for folks and um, look up CrowdStrike. Look up Red Canary. Look up Blackpoint Cyber. Look up CrowdStrike. Would be the three that I would go on LinkedIn and look at um, and see if they still have any of the job postings. I know CrowdStrike and Red Canary are getting into the gov sector pretty heavily, especially with um, CMMC and stuff of that nature. So definitely look at that. Also look at Microsoft. I know that they've been having a ton of people that they've been hiring. Uh, we had one client in manufacturing in North Carolina that got jerked up not too long ago. Jeez, oh, maybe it's been six or eight months ago now that was fully remote only had to go in like one or two days a month or something like that but he worked for the azure team um so yeah definitely look up microsoft as well for a lot of their stuff i mean they're they're building up data centers all over the place and they've they're they're just doing all all kinds of stuff so i would i would look at that um if they don't definitely get into discord and you know talk with other people and um, I think there was even, let me just scroll real quick. I thought there was a jobs posting. I might be thinking of Black Hills Discord. Bear with me one second while I scroll through here. Do, 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 do. Oh yeah, there's a job hunting guide. There's job applications. Oh, this is back from September. Yeah, there was somebody here on December 4th from CyberArk looking at a mid to senior level SOC analyst, but you, know, you could definitely DM this guy. He's in the job applications under job hunting guide. Um, Boulderman Jenkins. Um, you know, find out, you know, while this mid-level, senior-level SOC analyst may not be a good fit for, uh, for your skill set, they may have something coming up. You know, they definitely are somebody in the industry could be able to uh, know of somebody who if they don't, they may know somebody. All right. Um, Christopher Young, Mr. Taylor, please don't call me Mr. <laughs> I haven't called Mr. in forever. Um, can you please remind the Simply Cyber community that GRC Study Hall will be in the Discord at 7.30 p.m. Eastern this evening. Thanks for your advance. Christopher Young, you got it. 
just as a reminder, your GRC study hall will be in the Discord channel at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time this evening. Be there or be square, ladies and gentlemen, if you are a part of that. I feel like I'm a principal giving over a PA announcements now. Uh, Mr. Alex Chak, Chalk, sorry. I intentionally have HR background. A few years ago, I broke into cybersecurity, which I love. Lately, I fell in love with Scrum Master Role. How do you... How can I break into the Scrum team? Any thoughts? Alex, no idea. To be honest with you, maybe I'm just, I'm just brain dead. I just need to Google what that is again because I am not... A Scrum team is a small and nimble team dedicated to delivering committed product increments. What? All right, so those who, there was a, a, a question, and let me just bring up, you know, for inclusivity so everybody knows what's going on here. The question was how to uh, break into a scrum team, scrub team. Not sure exactly how to pronounce that. I honestly, okay, so this is a dev team thing. Therefore, they should share the same product goal, product backlog, product owner. This is why I don't know this term. I'm not in DevOps. I'm not a developer. Um, so I'm I'm really sorry, Alex. I did not know this particular term at all. I'm not a good person, unfortunately, for this. I, I live in the digital forensics and incident response uh, industry. Um, so our primary goal is to hunt evil. And, you know, find out who did it, what they take, things of that nature, um, and thus being able to stop them in future attacks is kind of where I, my world lives. So, we all learned a new definition today, ladies and gentlemen. If you didn't know, he, um, we now know what a scrum team is, or a scrum team. One tip that... Um, tell me scrum scrum cool so scrum team a lot of times with you pronounce and then google will actually have an audio thing there but maybe just because i'm on a sandbox it's not doing it oh there it is so scrum that's kind of how i always figure out how to pronounce them stuff so <laughs> tip for the another tip for you if you didn't know about that so anyway Any other questions? Oh, I got a note from Jen Hensley. Please ask for another volunteer for the community challenge. All right, so we are still looking for a community member willing to volunteer. Um, Zach, no. <laughs> so, 
No, no, you can. Oh, that could take me taking the wrong way, Zach. Please um, stop that. <laughs> but if you're interested in being part of the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, please say like hashtag me, and I will pick somebody um, to tell us your particular story as part of the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Mods, uh, Tim McDonald is looking for a link for the GRC study hall. I do know it's going to be in the uh, in the Discord. I just don't know which cha which channel is in the Discord. Um, so I'm not going to – this person <laughs> – you can do it. I will accept your self-nomination for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Thank you so much for nominating yourself. I do look forward to doing that. If you can, drop your LinkedIn name. Um, into chat so we, uh, the mods can keep track of track of you and kind of um, you know see what you do through there. So I am getting. See, can I? Right, hold on a second, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just copy this. And I am going to share a different screen. Stop screen share. And I'm going to share up a different window so everybody can be able to see this. Thank you, Mr. Justin Gold, for sharing this. So in the, there is a uh, GRC study hall. There will be a voice channel. It's under the GRC analyst masterclass. So hopefully that is of use to you. Thank you so much again, Mr. Justin Gold for that. Any other questions? Oh, we do have one. Um, what would you say is the most limiting factor in getting a TS clearance? I'm personally specific worried about the fact that my wife has an MMJ license and I'm cleared to purchase for Um I wouldn't be worried about that, Rex. I w what am I allowed to say? Okay, I, I can say that. May, a lot of the new secure, uh, TS clearances require sponsorship. So not you just can't just go and apply for a TS clearance anymore. You have to actually have a need for TS clearances um, or to obtain a TS clearance. Um, so having that sponsorship to get it would be, I think, your biggest hurdle in that particular situation. Most of it's, you know, it's, except for that, I would say money issues. I would say, um, you know, I wouldn't worry about your credit score so much. At least back when I had mine, it, it wasn't that big of a deal for the credit score. It was 
your debt to income ratio. So if you had a lot of outstanding debts, that was a big freaking issue. Like even if you're not late on anything, let's just say you make 75 K a year, but you know, you're up to your eyeballs and debt, making minimum payments on all that stuff, then, you know, it's going to be very, they're going to see that as, um, a way to be, what's the proper term? I'm forgetting. Um, influenced, coerced into doing stuff. So you could be a, a liability for, um, for clearance. So, let's see, scrolling through, I, I will have to scoot here in a few moments, but I'm trying to see, is there any other questions? Yeah, casually jealous, extorted, influenced, other. Yep, exactly. It, William is actually exactly right. Just be honest. Trust me. Luke, yes, the 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 company is going to pay a lot for the sponsorship, but. I do see that as a major object for that, right? So, again, it's been, gee, I, it feels like a lifetime ago. Literally, I've been out of the Marine Corps for over 20 years now. Because um, I got out in 2001. So, yeah, 20 two years ago um now coming up here on exactly 22 years on december 23rd um will be 22 years so it's been jeez so freaking long ago um so i know you know there's a ton of stuff you know a lot of the um mos's are changed there's you know policies procedures all that stuff, so much of that changes so often. So, you know, take what I'm what I'm saying with a grain of salt because I've I didn't need it when I got out and didn't need it for like was it two or three years that you renewed? I don't know. Whenever my next renewal was, I hadn't used it, nor did I see that I was going to need it. So I just never and in the 20 years i've never gone back and got it because i've never had a need I, i've been asked a couple times this year if i still have it so th there may be a need that i need to go do it um this year this next year coming up for some work i don't know but anyway i'm just ranting over here i'm not seeing any uh questions uh cj have a great day eric hope the family is Thing went well cj yeah it's it's an ongoing thing so those are you know well yeah i'm pretty open about this one but i'll tell you kind of everybody here those who are in my inner circle definitely know i won't say his name but i will say my youngest son was born uh with half a heart so he's had three open heart surgeries and he is now um in one of the local children's hospitals 
uh, awaiting a heart transplant. So there's a lot of stuff going on with all that. But um, yeah, so it's taking a bigger emotional toll than I ever thought it would. But that's kind of why we relate a little bit talking with the he's got a procedure going in today. So trying to get all that stuff taken care of this morning and, you know, dad dudes and dad duties and everything like that. So it's it kind of is what it is. But um, yeah, if you're a praying person, I've talked about it before. You know, I'm a Southern Baptist, you know, King James Bible type of fellow. So it's a. Yeah, if you're a believing person, please pray. So, could always use that as much. We're always looking at uh, the unfortunate timing of someone else's kiddo potentially passing. Because those who don't know, especially with pediatrics, you can't just take anybody else's heart for you know a donation. It's got to be the same size same constructs things of that nature so you know my youngest son is a little smaller dude and uh so a younger person than him has unfortunately passed away so it's it's a little so crazy but anyway um anyway enough of that i am getting some calls over here i do have actually one client trying to get in touch with me right now but uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Th again, thanks to Dr. Gerald Osher for allowing me to be uh, guest hosting on today's episode. I do greatly, greatly appreciate everything. Uh, let's see. That is the wrong one. I definitely wanted to end out on some some music. Share some audio. So again, as always, thank you so much. I do greatly appreciate it. Like I said, thank you to Dr. Gerald Osher for allowing me the the honor of being able to dive in and be able to do some of uh, hold down the fort for you today. I do greatly appreciate it. Definitely have some dolphins. <laughs> and we'll leave you out on some. You gotta patch it, ladies and gentlemen. Please go out there, make sure your network's secure, and uh, we will uh, talk to y'all on the next one. Take care. Stay secure, my friends. There once was a kid whose passwords laid across all sites. They were the same, a criminal, then found their fame by taking that data to go. Soon may a criminal come to steal your pictures and data and run. One day when the crime is done, they'll steal your account and go. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one. Come